Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. How's it going, everybody? Hello. How are you? Excited to be doing the dwelling again this week. We are on episode four. Four. I can't believe it's the fourth one. I know. (laughs) But uh, we've been having... Uh, a good time talking about the... Was that too loud? You're very loud. <laughs> it's a small room, honey. I know, but I want to make sure everybody can hear me. Do you want me to be able to hear later? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to calm it down a little bit. Okay. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. Be excited with the volume. Oh. Well, we're talking about the heart. We have been for the last few weeks. And uh, we started this whole shebang with uh, the question, How's your heart? And uh, we talked how the heart is how we actually hear and see. Um, It's what connects us to the Father. It's how we hear and see from Him. Uh, It's how we hear from the Holy Spirit. It's how we can see things from His perspective. And the counter to the heart is the... Counter. The counter to the heart. The opposite of the heart. The I. The ego. Oh, the ego. I didn't know where you were going. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is the ego, and that's uh, where a lot of fear and anxiety and stress and can kind of get you looking uh, in the direction that can lead you down a path of harm and pain. Um, But what we've been trying to talk about is how to actually see and hear from your heart and uh, basically live in a present present reality of hope. Chandler. Well. Hello, nephew. Chandler, we're getting ready to bust out the new New Testament. <laughs> you better get yours. Um, but uh, we started writing down, this is all Lindsay, Lindsay's idea to do this. We started writing down some things for each week. and um, It's because I got a new huge planner spreadsheet type thing from Aldi. The Isle of Shame. Yes. And uh, there was a space to write some thoughts and everything. And um, I wrote, and it goes right along with what we're talking about tonight. I wrote um, from uh, the first book of the Odes of Solomon, which uh, if you've tuned in on Sunday mornings and tuned in on Wednesday night or Tuesday nights, uh, the Odes of Solomon are actually a old hymn book from the first and century, first and second century church. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff in it, and um, it's basically just songs and hymns that the early church used to sing. Um, but uh, the ode that I want to read to you, i got to go to it real quick, is Ode 8, 8, or 8, 7. And uh, it says, And peace was prepared for you before ever your war was. Um, I want to read it, read it uh, from a little bit of a different translation. It says, Peace was prepared for you before what may be your war. Um, so when we're talking about the heart and we're talking about seeing things as the Father sees them, um, if we see it, if we see things as peace was already prepared, peace was already here for us, peace is what the Father offers and gives and uh, uh, that's what we live from, mm-hmm. then whatever may come up next, uh, whatever war it may be, we still have peace. Um, but if we look with our ego, we're constantly looking for war. The worst, the worst case scenario, like the worst thing that could happen. Right. And I do that sometimes. So do I. I do that A too. lot of the time. And the funny thing is, is... Um, Today, when we were getting ready to do this or whatever, I was on Google and I was looking for, you know, different places where it talked about peace in Scripture and where Jesus talked about peace. And it was so funny. I kept seeing all these different messages and sermons uh, about, uh, and they attributed it to they attribute it, this phrase to Jesus, but I can't find anywhere where Jesus actually said this. But that if you want to, if you want to live in peace, you have to prepare for war. Now, does that make sense to you? If you want peace, you have to prepare for war. Well, not really. Like, I don't... I mean, I guess I could spin it. Right, could you could spin, spin it, it. But 
But in all, you know. But when you think about it, if I'm if I'm constantly Chandler, Google that. If I'm constantly, <laughs> See where it came pre- from. if I'm const, well, I know where it came from because I, I finally found where oh, it came from. Never mind. Um, but if I'm constantly preparing for war, I'm constantly looking for a fight, and I'm not looking to live in peace, and I'm not looking for peace. Yeah. And where that phrase is attributed to, it's not Jesus, but it's actually a general. General. A general is the one who came up with that. A man who is a man of war came up with the phrase, if you want to prepare for peace, if you want peace, you have to prepare for war. Jesus never said that. It's a good distinction to make. <laughs> Matter of fact, over and over again, Jesus says things like, turn the other cheek. If if your brother or your enemy does need something, that you should give it to him. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus was the ultimate pacifist. So in his heart and in his sharing and in his thinking there's not there's there's no war there um somebody named jason said the military uses that phrase right so yeah i mean i guess i could argue not argue but present that doing the work of figuring out how to see with your heart could be kind of like war because you have to practice um finding peace like you have to like being able to stop a moment of anxiety that takes practice and that takes preparation and stuff like that so I mean I guess I could find a way to see it in a different way other than like war 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 like fighting right so I don't know but yeah it didn't sound like what Jesus was saying. no um, because the I mean there's there's such a difference between war and peace and we're talking about seeing things and living and how the Father perceives and, and ultimately wants all humanity to live. And mm-hmm. he wants all humanity to live in peace. And when we operate in ego, we operate in a war mentality. We're constantly looking for a fight. We're constantly looking for something to, to puff up against. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that goes back to kind of what I talked about on Sunday morning about the difference between old and new knowledge. Um, not not that truth changes because truth never changes but there's some things from how we used to do things and how we used to present the truth or even see the truth or even talk about truth uh, those old ways have now shifted and we're in a whole new season a whole new uh, moment and the truth is the same but the way we relate that truth the way we mm-hmm. share that truth the way we live that truth is different right um, there's new knowledge, and I compared it to uh, if you, you know, when the first Dodge van that we had that was red compared to the Chrysler that we have now, the tools that I would use to change the brakes on the old Dodge van will not work on the new Dodge van it won't, or the new Chrysler. It won't it's work. It's a Dodge, right? Grand the, Caravan? The Grand Caravan is a Chrysler. The Chrysler? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no idea, did you? Oh. Um, but the tools won't work and so there's a frustration there if I try to take the old tools and use them on the newer car it's not going to work the truth there about the car the van mm-hmm. is still there yeah it still does what we need it to do it still operates and use the same time so that basic truth is there but we have to do things differently to 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 use it mm-hmm. so the same thing goes with where we are right now in this season there is a whole new uh way that we're having to live life right now like Instead of meeting in a building, we're in our living room talking to folks all over the place. Yep. Uh, that's a new way of doing things, and it can be frustrating. And if you're looking with your ego, and if you're looking from that old knowledge, immediately what's going to go through your head is, is I want to fight this because I don't like this because it's different. I'm going to find anything to complain about. Right. Not going to try to move forward. Not going to try to help anybody. I'm just going to be mad about everything and complain. Right. Don't be like that. And and what happens is is meeting in a building becomes politicized because that's what's out there in front of us. Right. And so if we're living with old knowledge and we're looking for a fight and we're living from war with our ego, that's immediately where we're going to go to. But if we're looking with our heart and we're seeing with our heart and we're walking and understanding that peace was prepared for us, then we take what's being presented to us and go, okay, um, this is new, it's different, but you know what? For right now, we can handle this and it's all right. Right. Because my heart is to love my neighbor as yes. myself. Yep. My heart is is for their 
peace and safety. Yeah. So this is what I do. The same thing goes with wearing a mask. I'm going to go there. Because ma- the, the thing we wear on our face becomes politicized because it's different. And there's all kinds of conspiracy theories and wacko crazy stuff. And honestly, what it really comes down to is loving your neighbor as yourself. It's that simple. Right. Um, and so that's why, I mean, that's why it's so important to, to, to get this understanding that peace was prepared for you, not war. And there's a whole lot of war that wants to happen right now. Because in the famous words of the old school, he's not too old school, but the wrestling promoter Eric Bischoff, he wrote a book that said, controversy creates cash. And it's the truth. And we could say the same thing about war. A war mentality creates creates cash, creates uh, revenue that is... um, from a broken system. I'm trying to come up with a better phraseology than that. Phraseology. <laughs> but it creates cash in a corrupt way. There we go. Ooh. That's what controversy, that's what war does. That's what all this stuff is trying to grab your attention. And if you're not looking and perceiving things from your heart and understanding that peace was prepared for you, mm-hmm. that, and you're looking with your ego and you're constantly looking for a fight, then you're going to grab onto those things. And you're going to be on this, you're going to be one side or the other. Yeah. Um, because let's just be honest. There's people that, that are, are like totally 100%. You should wear a mask all the time. They can be jerks too, just like on the other side. It, yeah. Because like I said, it politicizes things and controversy and all that. And what we need to be doing is seeing from our heart and seeing that we have peace. Um, I've got a couple other scriptures to go along with that too Jesus in Luke chapter 11 starting with verse 33 he said no one would think of lighting a lamp and then hiding it in a basement where no one would benefit a lamp belongs on a lampstand where all who enter may see its light the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being and when your heart is open the light floods in so when your heart is open to peace and the understanding that it was prepared for you it floods in, and your heart, uh, and your heart is open to it. But when your heart is hard and closed, the light cannot p- penetrate, and the darkness takes its place. Open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. Whoo! If your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated, with no trace of darkness, you will be shining. You will be a shining lamp reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. Wow. And and this is this is the revel, this is the revelation light that Christ is talking about when your heart is open and it receives the light you start seeing from this perspective of the father. But when your heart is cold or your heart is hard or in other words when your ego is in control you can't see and your heart just grows dark. It becomes like from the Old Testament where it talks about you have a heart of stone uh, or you're, blind, you're blinded. That's, that's what's going on in this moment. And so when your ego is in control, that means that your opinions are out in front and not light. And they're being framed by whatever the ego tells you, not necessarily what the reality is. Right. That's good. I want to read um, this from the open translation. Do it. This um, verse 34 through 36. The lamp of the body is your eye. When your eye is unclouded, your whole body also is lit up. But as soon as your eye is diseased, your body also is darkened. Take care, therefore, that the inner light is not darkness. If then your whole body is lit up and no corner of it darkened, the whole will be lit up just as when a lamp gives you light by its brilliance. That's good. Yeah. Really good. I don't know, I just, the the lamp is the body of your eye. I just thought that was cool. Very cool. Ezra left me downstairs. <laughs> um, I love some of the notes here in the Passion Translation. It says, um, 
if your heart is healthy, your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if it is sick, your mm-hmm. body is full of darkness. The eye becomes a metaphor for spiritual perception. Yep. The body is our spirit. The lamp is Jesus' teaching. Uh, the darkness is formed by the lies and opinions that blind us. Wow. That's so good. Um, I got one more passage of scripture. Um, it's John 14, 27 through 28. It's from the Mirror Translation. Jesus is talking and he says, Peace be with you. I give you my own peace. This is not the kind that the world gives. This is peace in the midst of trouble times. Therefore, you have nothing to fear. Let not your hearts be timid. You have heard me say that I go away to come, I go away to, come to be face to face with you. Now, if you're in love with me and you would not be threatened by the idea of my departure, but you would rejoice since I'll be going to the Father, and my Father is greater than me, and from now on we will be present in a much closer capacity to you than what I could ever be while I am with you in the flesh. And um, that's the, the passage of Scripture where he says, I go to prepare a place for you within my Father's house. There are many... Some translations say mansions, some say many rooms, but what it really comes down to is is that he's opening the place for deeper uh, connection. He's opening up and showing you that there's no separation here, that we are in this together. And so this peace that he's bringing to us, that he's giving to us, is in that realm of togetherness with the Father, which when we understand the whole message that Jesus came to bring to us when he was on the earth is that we are not separated, but we are created in the image of the Father. We are uh, his kids, and so there is no separation. The separation was created by us, and Jesus shows up and says, guess what? The separation that you created isn't big enough to separate you from the Father. And he even went to the point of death, burial, and resurrection to show us... uh, how connected he is to us and how much we are now a mirror reflection of him. And so we're in this place where that peace, he, he says, peace be with you. I give you my own peace. The peace that uh, was prepared for us. It is ours. Mm-hmm. We have it. What translation is that that you're reading? The No, your actual Bible. This like, one. This yeah. one here? This one's the Passion Translation. Passion, okay. Yeah. Somebody's asking. Yeah, we're reading from like three different translations tonight. We got the Passion Translation, the Open Translation, and then I just read from the Mirror Translation, um, which we all really dig a whole lot. Yes. Um, I was gonna just say when you wrote the Ode Scripture mm-hmm. um, about peace being laid out or prepared before us before a war, I immediately thought about. I told you about this about um, I just pictured a bed and you know how you know you put sometimes you put your lay your clothes out the night before that's what I saw when I first read that on the piece on the paper right. and so I just pictured um, peace being laid out and it's just crazy because I don't know now it's I have a visual picture of what that looks like so that no matter what we go through I can see that as a, I mean, I, it was like I could touch the bed. It was crazy. Right. right. But like I have that visual, um, almost tangible reminder that I have another option other than just freaking out about whatever it is and letting my ego and letting my emotions get the better of me. Right. It doesn't mean that all the things we go through are going to immediately go away because that's not what life's about. It doesn't just automatically make everything happy. Like this, the actual situations are still there, but I have a, you know, there's another way to deal. Right. Because when you have peace, you can actually see and you can return to love inside. So there's another way to walk things out. Right. Um, when you brought up the thing about how you saw clothes laid out before you on the bed I I started thinking like my entire life 
being taught about the armor of God mm-hmm. and how that's automatically taught in this warlike militaristic perception. Militaristic. You like that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and it's because we have these weird perceptions about what these guys were talking about when they wrote these passages they wrote these letters to churches and and Paul it's so interesting because Paul is taking the armor of a Roman soldier and then turns around and presents it to a church and yes he's using militarized terminology but he's showing when he describes what those pieces of armor are they're not armor to go and fight people with Mm -hmm. they're actually armor that represents the peaceful kingdom of the father and uh, so yeah I do put on the helmet of salvation the helmet of sozo complete total healing but that isn't being put on uh, to go and and fight in some crazy war but Mm -hmm. that's actually for myself but also in in any type of situation that I am in, I'm I'm clothed correctly. I'm mm-hmm. I'm prepared. It's things that's given to me. Um, there's been such this thing, this militant, angry, bitter perception when it comes to prayer and intercession and all these different things, and and it's because we 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 take things so literally. Mm-hmm. Um, the <clears throat> the the whole idea of intercession being some crazy thing where you go lie down for hours somewhere and pray and weep and cry really is an intercession. Intercession standing in the gap. It's actually being there for the person that you care about right. that needs prayer. And right. so yeah, it that part of that is uh, uh, praying and talking to the Father about it. But really, the standing in the gap is actually being there for right. the other person. Right. The intercession is is actually can I see your hand? Is actually holding hands with the person that you're you're thinking about that needs something that right. needs prayer. Prayer is more than just talking. Prayer is action. Right. And so my intercession, my standing in the gap is listening with my ear, what the person needs, what they need to hear. Maybe in this moment, in their sickness or in their mental health or whatever, maybe they just need to not only be heard, uh, but also. Uh, but also uh, being able to just share present reality hope with them, that there's real hope, that there's real uh, uh, goodness and grace that the Father has for them. Maybe they need to hear that in that moment. So, you know, and I don't know why that happened. I don't know why um, those things took place, but um, it's just bad perceptions. Yeah, because one thing that people that are hurting don't need is our opinion about their situation. A lot of times our opinion, because we we can never know the full story, but what we do know is that they're in front of us and they're broken and they're hurting and they're just begging, see me, hear me. And I think that the church as a whole... I think some are, are definitely doing those things, right. but it's in our area, especially, I feel like the church needs to step up. Right. Sorry, I went there. No, you did. We, and that, and really, what it comes down to, it comes down to the ego. It's seeing things from the ego, seeing things from uh, brokenness. Um, and there's all healing that we need, and and. Uh, and the church is in need of healing right now too. Mm-hmm. Um, being caught up, you know, Jesus talked about how you can't put new wine into old wineskins because the wineskins would bust. And honestly, that's what I'm seeing taking place right now, in at least in America. I'm not going to talk for other places because I don't live there, um, but I live here in the United States, and that's what I see happening with the evangelical church. That's what I see happening in different dom- denominations. Um, the stress. And the strain of COVID, uh, and then stepping into this moment uh, where people are crying out for racial justice and and crying out to be heard, 
And that has just totally opened up all these wounds that are in the church that have never been addressed. Yeah. And um, there's a new wine that's here in this season, and we our old wineskins can't handle it. And they're popping, and they're breaking, and there's all kinds of just ego, and uh, I'm going to say it, vomit that is just coming out. Um, and uh, it's being exposed. And it's hard to see. It's hard to look at. I mean, and I'll be honest. I, I'm not trying to pick on other people because there's a lot of there's a lot of things in me. Being a pastor in this moment, there's a lot of things in me that have been exposed that have been uh, that have shown me that I need healing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places where um, I've learned that hey, I need to shut up and listen. Yeah. Um, that I need to listen to my brothers and sisters of color because. Um, where I thought I was an ally, where I thought I was with them 100%, maybe I wasn't, and I wasn't listening, uh, and I thought everything was cool until this broke out, and was like, oh, things aren't cool. No. <laughs> and, um, people are, are hurting, um, and so that's, you know, I, I've had to shut up and listen and learn and read and, and take note and have add lots of conversations lots of conversations and, and talks and um, basically been like um, I, my my voice doesn't need to be heard other on this subject other than to say that I'm here with you and I support and and what do you need me to do that's kind of like um, I don't know that's just It's just been a very exposing season, even for me. So when I talk about the church, I'm talking about myself because I'm a pastor in one. So um, it's just hard right now. And, and that's why it's so important that on all these levels, on a personal level, on a family level, on a church body level, on a neighborhood level, we have to hear from our heart. We have to hear from our heart and we have to recognize when we see things with our ego yeah because especially when it comes to other people we should be seeing or we should be pouring out compassion and empathy so if anything that was just said you're like well maybe you should stop and be like you know wait a minute you know what I said to Jojo was that with compassion and empathy or did I just spout out my opinion because right. Jojo didn't need my opinion. Right. Jojo needed my compassion and my empathy. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I've come, I've come to the conclusion that um, the church has to get back to the politics of Jesus and not the politics of the world. And the politics of Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount. If you ever wanted to know what the politics of Jesus are, it's the Sermon on the Mount. And that's where we should be, and that's where we should live our life from. And all through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about the heart. And there's only the, the only way you can live, walk out, and, and do the Sermon on the Mount is to do it from your heart and not your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just, we kind of went there. There's just... Well, and, you know, you could say, like, well, how do you know if you're talking out from your ego or your heart? How do the people around you react to what you say? That's good. Does it make them angry? Does it make them, you know, stop talking to you? Right. If it's those things, then maybe you're, you should reevaluate where your words are coming from. And before, and before anybody jumps on the bandwagon, or not the bandwagon, but jumps on the, well, Jesus was tense and terse with, terse? Tense and terse with some folks. Jesus was tense and terse with religious, religious leaders folk. who should know better. That's who he was tense and terse with. He wasn't tense with folks in the neighborhood that he was trying to connect with and share the gospel. And you'll notice when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, there's some pretty hard sayings in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. There's truth there. But he shares it with new knowledge, not old wineskin knowledge. Because the old wineskin knowledge was what the Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious leaders were presenting at that time. 
and how they were presenting it was a legalistic system of do's and don'ts. And Jesus shows up and shares the truth with new knowledge in a new wineskin that was all about relationship. He, he uh, relationally shared truth with them and how to live uh, a peaceful, how to live a productive, how to live a life that was full. He shared that there in those messages. He shared that there. He goes on and even shares stories and parables to reflect on what he had shared on the Sermon on the Mount. He was sharing good things and showed that this this is healthy life here. And um, even in the there, there's some hard stuff there, but at the same time, it's so full of love and it's so full of a relational understanding of folks. And so that's why we we've, we've got to look at like truth is you know tr- truth is solid and it stays the same but if you share truth in an old in an old way from an old wineskin it's going to, it's not going to bring the 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 result that you want it's actually going to cause more division and that's what Jesus when he relate when he was relating to those uh, religious leaders that's the point that he was trying to bring across that your old ways are not helping they're actually hurting um, and I love because I shared Sunday uh, the passage uh, where um, Jesus was actually talking to religious leaders. And you can see that um, he's actually doing it in a way to try to bring them in and say, listen, you guys should know all this. You guys should get all this. You guys say you've been at the table. But guess what? If, if you don't shift, if you don't move... Um, you're going to come knocking at the door and the master is going to say, who are you? But well, wow, we used to sit at the table. Like, no, the knowledge that you think you have is no knowledge at all. And so he's, he's sharing with them. He's like, guys, it's time. The the, the new wine skins here. The new, the new wine is here. It's time to shift into um, the newness that's here. So look at this. Sorry, I'm uh, refereeing a fight that's happening downstairs with my children. (laughs) (laughs) Through the beauty of technology. Yes. Um, But yeah. So yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. You got anything else you want to throw out there? There was some. There was some things that you had written down. On the, it was in the sweet thought section of your uh, planner that you got. Um, I don't know. What did I write? You wrote, because uh, you, you, you wrote this first. Yeah. And then it reminded me of the ode that I read from the Odes of Solomon. Mm-hmm. But uh, you had wrote, we are hard pressed on all sides, crushed but not destroyed. We can do hard things. We can find the good in all things. We can return to love even when we are upset and we can find rest. Good. That's good. That's what. Uh, Why well, I talked to a friend earlier this week and she was feeling a lot of pressure in that first part because you know the the old church song. Right. I'm not going to sing it. Do it. Oh. Do it. Do it. I'm pressed but not crushed. Persecuted. No. I can't. It, physically hurts me to sing that song anyway um but that's what i kept hearing when i was talking to her and i didn't share that i I talked to her right i didn't give her a scripture right but that's what i've been thinking of and when i sat down to write that to think about like our week or whatever that's just the first thing that came to mind to uh to put on there because it can feel like we're being literally crushed like I don't know what movie is but there's some movie where this person's in like a hallway and all the walls and the ceiling and the floor just keeps coming in and that life feels like that sometimes Um, it's like in Star Wars when they're in the trash compactor and the the walls are closing in yeah and chewy yeah that's literally what it is sorry no it is I I couldn't think of a movie but that that happens in a lot of movies but I like the chewy effect. 
so we'll go with that one. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yes, but when you wrote that, I immediately went to that the the Odes of Solomon and thought of that phrase where he says, um, "Peace has been prepared for you even before war ever was set before you." Yeah. So before all these things, before Corona, before um, yes. car accidents, before uh, money issues, before issues with your spouse, your partner. Um, even before your family rejecting you for a life choice, there was peace laid out on a bed for you. Yes. (laughs) Your bed, not anybody else's, on your bed. Right. And you have full access to that anytime. Nobody can take that from you. Right. Nobody. Nobody. That is already, it's not just on the bed, it's like inside you. Right. Like it's already there. It's already there. Now I'm all like jazzed. <laughs> it's already there, and it's and, but it is like clothing because we have to we have to rem, to remind ourselves or see it or li- it's base it's living from it. Yep. It's I'm not living from being hard pressed. It's like I'm another uh, body system. Yes. It's your spirit. Yeah, and I thought about that because we Audrey and I talked about the nervous system. <laughs> 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 but it is that's a good one. Sorry. So you have to, you already have it, but there's a mentality where you you have to put it on. You got to keep it on. I'm living from peace. I'm not living from being hard pressed. I'm not living from war. I'm not going to study war no more. It's an old song. Um, I'm not going to be a part of those things anymore. But I'm going to be about peace. Mm-hmm. Which is and and honestly, that's that's hard to do. It's not easy. No. Um, that goes to relationships on Facebook, relationships in your family, even relationships between us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times when, uh, and we all have those days, there's times when you want to fight. There's times when you want to have war. There's times when you want to... Enneagram 8 here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and even though I'm an Enneagram 9, which is a person who wants to be the peacemaker, that wants to be well, peace all the time... You want some, yeah, but there's a difference between the peacemaker and the peacekeeper. Yes. The peacekeeper <laughs> keeps all the things inside. Yes. And That's just, the and, bad night. And doesn't, you know, confront anything. The peacemaker right. knows that it's healthy to confront things sometimes. Right. So, and that's what I was getting to. The, when I operate in the peacekeeper mode, mm-hmm. it get I get to a point to where I want to fight all the time. No, you don't. No, but I... But you... you <laughs> You have you're, you're doing like <laughs> coming out. It's all coming you out. You do the thing where you don't say anything for like ever, and then you just bam. Yes. You don't. You never like want to fight. It's just like something. It's no gradual revving up. It just when no. It happens, it's it happens. just an explosion, and I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm no. But then my eight kicks in, and I'm yes. like, boy, it's on. Let's go. Yes. But um, we've gotten better at that. Yeah. Because I make you talk sometimes. You do. Which is a good thing. I don't like it, but it is a good thing and it's necessary. And it's Because helpful. the talking is healthy, the exploding is not. Right. And that's the same thing for me. Right. Being able to talk about things with you and you like responding, because that's what an eight wants is to be seen and heard. I mean, right. I think that's what everybody wants, but right. especially an eight because there's been so much rejection and yes. stuff like that. Um, we've definitely come a long way. Yes. And the, 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 the healthy spot of knowing that we can live from peace has helped. Mm-hmm. Even in my own heart, knowing that even... Because I don't like to talk about it. So the, <laughs> so, the, so the inner workings in me going, no, I live in peace. And talking about it is part of that peaceful process. Mm-hmm. And talking about it is not only um, healthy, but it also helps me mm-hmm. and yeah. it lets me know because with a nine it's the it's it's the because thing of you you never get heard you right. never get and so the you never get heard because you don't talk talk and so <laughs> literally i can't hear you until you talk to me <laughs> so the so the the pressure is a good thing to and and realizing living from pieces knowing no even though this is uncomfortable for me to do and it's 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 not uh it the bad perception of thinking that that's not who I am, right? Like talking about things, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. But that's actually a false identity. Mm-hmm. 
and knowing that healthful, healthily, health, the healthy way is to talk <laughs> and, and share and put things out there that that is actually who I really mm-hmm. am mm-hmm. and uh, seeing with your heart seeing with my heart and knowing that uh, people do hear what I have to say mm-hmm. and they do connect with it and they do uh, value it mm-hmm. um, and so that's yeah what yeah. you have to say is very much valued right it is well thank you you're welcome just want you to know I'm hearing you and seeing you. I'm, I'm <laughs> Are you feeling it? Sozo right now, <laughs> healing. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Anything else you got? Good. I mean, got? I could come up with a lot of things. Did anybody anybody have any mm, responses no. or questions or? I mean, we said we don't have any answers. We got responses, but not no. answers. We just talk about it. Yeah. Because I mean, that's what this is. We're just in our living room. Yep. And, and you can hear Harry Potter being. You can hear Harry downstairs. Potter downstairs. Kids fighting. <laughs> if you're looking uh, for a very professional type of thing, this is not that. No. We are beyond laid back. Some people like it. Some people don't. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> I just was going to double check. Um, but yeah. Thank you guys um, for hanging out with us for a little bit, talking with us. Um, we do this every Tuesday night. Yep. Uh, sometimes outside, sometimes in here in our living I, room. I really like doing it outside, I but too. man, it's too hot. It is. It's so hot. Um, but if you got any questions or, or there's anything that you're on that's on your heart that you'd like to share, uh, you can post it here in the comments stream. Comments stream. <laughs> or you can send us a message on Facebook. And like I said, we don't have answers, but we've got probably have a response. And, and if you're in, and honestly and truly, if, if you, there's something that you need and you need some help, um, if we can't help, we will find somebody that can. Uh, we will connect you with folks that we know or, or, or know of that can help because that's what we need in this moment. We mm-hmm. need to help each other. And so if you need anything, please do not be ashamed or afraid to ask we will do whatever we can. Yep. Um, so yeah, we do this every Tuesday night, seven o'clock um, tomorrow morning. We'll drop another episode of The Chosen to do a watch along with. We're on episode Are we caught, three. Am I caught up? You're not caught up yet. Uh, we're running a little bit Tonight. behind, but that is the beautiful, great thing about technology is you can catch up, you can watch, you can connect. Um, but yeah, there, we're going on to episode three. It's good. It's so good. Um, and we'll do the watch along with that. Um, and then, of course, Sunday mornings at 1030, 10.30. If you want to be with us live or you can connect anytime during the day. Just go back and catch the replay. And just um, like say something. Hi, whatever. Just so we know. Like, hey. Yeah, no matter when you watch it. If you're watching it with us at 1030, uh, we're on there live too. And we respond and answer and, and, and comment with everybody else. Uh, but if you're watching it later on in the day and say, hey, I'm watching this at such and such a time or I'm from, you know, wherever. It's it's so cool. I would love to hear from some of these folks that are watching in Ireland and the Philippines uh, that are watching regularly. They're constantly, they're always, I just shoot something on there and say, hey, we're watching at this time over here. Um, it'd be awesome to connect mm-hmm. and hear from you. Um, Jason says, it seems like everyone today are angry and so judgmental and didn't used to be like this. We need more love. One thousand percent agree with that. Yeah, we we uh, uh, we are calling for a rebellion of hope because yes. there is so much cynicism happening in our country and all around us. Just uh, automatic um, judgment towards anybody that we would possibly be different from, disagree with, or anything like that. And it's just cynicism. It's seeing things from a broken perspective. And we want to bring a rebellion of hope. And I like rebellion because it's rebellious. So we're going to bring Because it. that's just kind of who we are as people. <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about, when we talk about hope, we're, we're, you know, wherever you're at right now, if you're listening, you're a part of the family and you're a hope dealer and you're a part of this rebellion of hope. And uh, our heart is, is that, you know, you would start sharing hope wherever you're at, however you can. If it's just saying hi or 
or actually connecting with your neighbor in some way that before you looked at him and went like, why are you working on your car at four o'clock in the morning and banging on things as loud as you possibly can? Why are you doing that? I want to punch you in the face. Uh, you know, not walking over and reacting in that way, but actually going over and having a conversation and say, hey, what's up, man? What's going on? Do you need some help? What's happening? Um, Do you think maybe we could help you in, you know, the normal, the normal living times? hours? <laughs> but no, actually. Common occurrence where we live. Um, but actually relating, living, and being in your neighborhood and sharing hope and just not, you know, automatically jumping to the conclusion that everybody around you is a doofus or whatever, but just walking in love. Um, I don't know if you've got to the part in the Mary Magdalene book where she talks about a self-emptying love. No. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I can't, it's, you know, because it was in an earlier part, but she, Megan Watterson, she talks about um, Jesus and how he he, never, he didn't hold back love from anybody. Right. And there was probably some kind of Greek word or something that was there. there. Is. Um, I can't remember which what we'll, it is right we'll now. write that down and we'll figure it out we'll for talk next about week. It next week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, because we never know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> like today, I was like, hey, why don't we just talk about the stuff we wrote on our planner? Um, but we need to have a self emptying love. Right. So, so, like, if you think that you do a good job at loving people, do more. Reach farther down, pull it out, and let it pour out. Yeah, with the understanding that as you pour out, more is being poured into you. Yes. Because of this connection that you have with the Father. There's never a moment when He's not with you. He's constantly pouring into you, even when you don't feel like it. Right, well, because God is love, right? Yes. And so love has always been inside of us. God's always been inside of us. Right. So there's never a moment when you don't have more love to give someone. Right. Even if you don't agree with them, right. whatever that may be, you can still love them more yeah. than what you are. But I like that visual of like one bucket going this way and another one that just keeps streaming right. and streaming down and streaming down. So there's never a moment of being truly empty. But if you only let your your love bucket, <laughs> your love your bucket. bucket, we're gonna write a song about that. Um, but if you only let it tip so far, right. you've got all that love backed up in there. You do. And then, you know, you're like, it's like you're saying, I refuse to tip my bucket any farther. Right. Even though you have like a never-ending right. inpouring of love. And part of that could be because... So don't refuse. Right. Part of that could be because somebody was, was hurt in the past. Sure. And there's brokenness there. Sure. But the, what we've found in a way of healing is um, holding back the bucket. <laughs> the love it bucket. <laughs> holding back the bucket actually is uh, keeping that healing sozo process and happening. Mm-hmm. And, and you've dammed up the waters you've dammed up the process and so the moment you start releasing that and opening your heart again it actually begins to heal those places mm-hmm. on the inside of you um, and I, I want to say this just because you are doing that you are releasing that and you're starting to feel healing does not mean that you have um, that you have allowed I'm trying to figure out a way to put this but it doesn't mean that you have allowed the person to hurt you win no because sometimes it can feel like that if I open myself up again if I release this and let that go again then that means they win no they they didn't win at all um, what you're realizing is is that they are no longer a part of your life and they can't hurt you anymore right because before they were hurting you because they stopped you but the moment you start moving forward again and you start feeling healing and you can move is the moment you say, you no longer have power over me. You no longer have... The cat is rubbing and licking my leg right now in this serious mood. <laughs> but when you start moving forward and living your life and, and opening yourself up to loving your neighbor again, you are... You, you're basically saying, you know, the, what you did, how you hurt me, no longer is in control of me. You can't control me anymore. That's 
So we're and we're not saying that from anything other than personal experience. Yeah. So. Wow. Ooh, I feel like we went to a lot of places <laughs> tonight, but it's all right. It is. It's good. Um, we were closing down. I know. Sorry, that was my sorry. Not um, deep, but not really because. No, it was good. But no, Tuesday nights we do this. Wednesdays we release in the morning. We release the chosen episode. Um, and then Sundays, hang out with us at 10.30 is when we're all on, or you can connect at any moment. And then we have a, uh, later on in the day, I release something called the Hope Cast, and it's kind of like a concise, uh, shortened version of what we do on Sunday, basically the message. Uh, and, and you also do this as a podcast, don't you? Uh, getting ready to. The, the okay. Dwelling is going to be its own podcast in the future. We're, we're, um, we're going to... We're going to drop uh, probably three or four episodes all at once in the first season. And then, yeah, we're going to do a yeah. dwelling podcast. And, of course, the Hope Community Church, it has its own podcast. All good stuff. Good things, good things. We're working on a Hope Rebellion thing. <laughs> uh, probably going to be a course or something. We're going to do with that. Yeah. We're, ex- we're yeah. excited about everything that's going on. We're trying to embrace this new wineskin that's here we're trying to operate in this new knowledge that's before us and and be all that we can be oh boy be all that we can be in this moment and reflecting from the father's perspective from our father's eyes oh my gosh she's opening that up again all right everybody we love you (laughs) we really do (laughs) i need to make him stop um, Amy Grant, baby. What? Amy Grant sang that song. Yeah. Father's Eyes. I know. I thought it said Candy Graham. No. Was there like, was a Christian what? punk band called. Uh, there was a Christian punk band called Lust Control. Okay. We Hold love on, no, you. no, 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 no. What time about it? And when Amy Grant was getting picked on a lot because she wrote the song Baby, Baby. Remember that song? Baby, baby. baby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, people, the Christian market was picking on her, and they wrote a song called Leave Amy Grant Alone. So anytime I think of Amy Grant, I think of Father's Eyes and. Lust control singing, leave Amy Grant alone. Yeah, old school Christian punk. <laughs> I'm actually look. Somebody is giving me hearts and smiles right now because I, I talked about that. I don't know. Identify yourself. <laughs> Woo, you thought people were gonna oh, leave. Oh, my mom said. Oh, she's got Andreider. I got see you, girl. She said, baby, baby. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. Sorry, winding the plane down. We've been trying to land it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate yes. it. Love y'all. Bye. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure.